It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce with the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, and I'm here with Rashawn Boone. Rashawn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. This is awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. I, you know, I've gotten a chance to know you a little bit, and, and you have quite an incredible story. Thanks. Um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from, where'd you grow up? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from uh, a small town in Mississippi called Clarksdale. Uh, you probably have never heard of it. <laughs> no. uh, so I was born there, raised in the central Illinois area, uh, Decatur, Illinois, to be specific. And uh, that's I was raised there my entire life, and then... Things changed, and after high school, went to school in the Champaign area, met my now wife, and you know how that is. Wherever they are, you kind of absolutely kind of uh, compromise, and so we're in the Chicago area now. Cool. So, so Decatur now, you know, it's it's sometimes forgotten about that. When you think of Illinois, you think of Chicago, right? Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It, you forget that there's a whole state out there. Right. What was it like growing up uh, outside in Illinois, but outside of the city? Yeah, so Decatur is a, a small town to um, – Here's a little fun fact. Warren Buffett's son lives there, Howard Buffett. Uh, so he kind of pretty much runs the city, uh, of course. But, man, it, it it was an incredible opportunity. We were literally right down the street from Springfield, 20-minute drive. And so we spent a lot of time uh, in the capital uh, or in Champaign, which is another 30-minute drive. But I, I've, I have so many lifelong friends in Decatur. I, I grew a lot in Decatur, learned a lot in Decatur. Um, it's the soybean capital. And no so oh, man. I, I didn't know that. Soon as you hit the city limits, it's it's a it's a, a scent that you'll never forget. Really? Yes, a foul scent. Oh wow. I, I <laughs> yeah. didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, and, that, and that's just from the crop itself? Just from the crop. And oh, there wow. there's a lot of factories out there. There's one specifically called Staley's. And uh yeah, once you get there, you're gonna smell it. Oh, interesting. It, yes. And, <laughs> uh and so but of course being from there, I'm used to it now. But sure. it's one thing that people as soon as they hit the city, they're like, Oh my goodness, so what does that smell? Do you go back to visit? Of course, yeah. All of my family is still oh, there. Oh, okay. And so my mother's still there, my sister's still there. Uh, I have a niece there, I have a lot of friends and family still there. So I still I still try to make it back there to visit as much as I can. Uh, and it's always gonna be home. Yeah. Always. No. Now you went to uh University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Now Tell us a little bit about what you went to school for. I thought that was interesting. Uh, well, I went to school for mortuary science, right? Uh, which is to work with dead people. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it it started out. I have a um, a godfather who has uh, businesses and funeral business, and he was uh, also my pastor. And uh, I always wanted to follow in his footsteps. And so he owned funeral homes, and I always thought that it was cool. Believe it or not, and uh, it was the it, it, it is originally what I wanted to do. However, I, uh, things changed, and uh, I, I so there's this thing that people who work in that field, and this is no shade to my godfather or the people <laughs> who work in that field, but it takes a toll on you physically, emotionally. Well, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, geez, what you're dealing with every day, and exactly, and so some of those people kind of start looking dead. And so, <laughs> hey, that wasn't for you. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, yeah, you know what? If I ever pursue that career, maybe right, you know, when I retire, maybe in my seventies, eighties, I got nothing to lose at that point. But um, so yeah, I, I kind of paused on the mortuary science thing. So so you paused. That means did you graduate? Uh, with no, a different- no, no, no. I okay. never, I never graduated. What happened was, was there was 
Um, I was in school and something happened called uh, brokenness. <laughs> I got broke. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I know that too well. Yeah. And I had to get a job. And um, I started working in healthcare at this hospital in Champaign. And I started working in the laboratory. And over the course of years, I kind of rose up to the, rose up in the ranks. And it was I ideally I thought that that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I thought that I was just going to retire there, have a nice four hundred one k, be good. Um, but yeah, I worked in the healthcare there for nine now, and a half years. So, so did you start when you were still in Decatur, or was that, no, 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 that, that was in already, Champaign. Oh, oh Champaign. Right? That was okay. in Champaign. Wow. Yeah, I started uh, out at Carl Clinic uh, in Champaign. Okay. And um, it, I, to be honest with you, I have no idea how I got the job. <laughs> like, I, I honestly don't. I, I'm like, I, I was working in a laboratory, and I'm like, I've never worked in a laboratory before, but they hired me, and I was like, I'm broke, so I'll take the job. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it started out in Champaign and then uh, I, I, I sticked with it for nine and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So you're in real estate now. I'm in real estate how'd now. You, how did you, you get into real estate? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Yeah. So I've always been infatuated with real estate, which okay. most people are, which is why HGTV does so well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and I've always wanted to pursue a career in real estate. However, I always thought I was too young. Um, because the statistics are the average real estate agent is a 58-year-old woman. Exactly. And uh, so I was like, well, I'm, I'm too young. Maybe, again, when I retire. You know, I had all of these <laughs> things that I wanted my bucket list when I retire. For sure. Um, and what happened was, was my wife and I bought our first home. And I felt, we both felt that we were kind of underrepresented. Um, and coming from... I hear a, that a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's why people get into the business. Coming from... Uh, uh, a career in healthcare, I knew the importance of uh, customer satisfaction and and how to you know uh, be there in, or to always give more than what is expected. And I just didn't feel like that was what we received. However, after doing the data and research, it was kind of common. It was just that was you know how people should have been represented. And so I talked to my wife and and even the realtor who we bought our first home with said, you know. You kind of did all of the work. Wow. It's just the kind of the type of personality that I have. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you're right. I did. So give me some of that check. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me some of that check. But no. doesn't uh, work that way. Right? You're right. It doesn't work that way. And the, the state frowns on that. <laughs> right. But uh, so after we bought our first home, me and my wife sat down and I said, you know what? This is I think this is something I want to pursue. And she was like, you know, my wife is my biggest cheerleader. I love her to death. And so she was like, you know, do it. Wow. That's do awesome. it. And um, I I did it. Oh, it's so important. Maybe I, that support. I, I think I was licensed maybe three months after we bought our first home. Wow, that yeah. was quick. Very you quick. knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah you very knew. quickly. Now, tell us a little bit about what you do with some of that money. I know that you, you put ten percent of it mm -hmm. towards a good cause, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my wife and I are a part of a, a, our church ministry uh, called Family of Faith Ministries. We are. It's very weird. Um, how I I married someone who is so like me, but so different as well. Mm -hmm. um, she she's a unique individual in herself. But one thing that we both uh, have in common is that we have a very strong passion for children, very very strong passion for kids and children. And so we um, we are very heavily uh, involved in uh, different aspects of um, 
uh, children's ministries and different things like that. And so one thing that we do is that we always feel like it's our fiduciary obligation to give back and specifically to children. So with every commission that I give, I get I find that it's very important to give back, right? And it's not, in it, it, and, and no shade to anyone who feels that, you know, it's all about me. I'm going to get, 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 sure. get, and just store it up. But I think that once you've reached a particular level in your career or you get a certain to a certain height, it's important that you put the ladder back down and allow people to climb up. And so I, I don't, not that I don't put the ladder down for adults. It's just not for me at this. Maybe when I retire, sure, when I sure, retire. Sure. But from now, it's it's me for it's for kids. Where I, does that come from? Where, where does that passion for for kids come from? I know you have quite a story when it comes to that. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, man. I um, growing up, I've always desired to have a. Um, I, I never really had a relationship with my biological father growing up, and I've always felt like. I was never enough. And I thought that that's why I didn't have the relationship with my biological father. And so I always wanted to emulate different individuals or uh, or look up to them and try to do exactly what they did, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have that career in mortuary science. Um, and it so, makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. Especially when you're longing for that. Exactly. You're going to latch on to those things that exactly. you see your mentors doing. So, no, absolutely. absolutely. And so it wasn't until I was, man, close into my 20s that I started to find out who I was, who, you know, what, who, who I am as an individual. And so I believe that there are a lot of children that have some incredibly unique talents and unique abilities and, and things. And, and if no one is sowing into that, or if no one is investing in that, a lot of these gifts and talents will go untapped. For sure. They really will. And For so sure. a lot of these children have the ability to be our next presidents, our <laughs> next scientists, the ones who find the cure for Corona. <laughs> I, I mean, they, ha- they they have that potential to be And If no one is investing in that, man, those are gifts that are just fading away. No, it's very well said. And so I, I think that it is our fiduciary obligation. And I know specifically from, and I can only speak for me and my household and my family, it is our obligation to give back as much as we can uh, to the next generation. No, that's great. And it's, and it's very encouraging to hear. I mean, you hear so many of the bad things that it's, it's just as important to hear that people are doing good yeah. things, you know, and that there is a way to make an impact. So I, you know, I, I thank you for that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you doing that. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your family and, and what that life is like for, for you, uh, in real estate. Now. Yeah, man. I, uh, of course I'm a husband. I'm a father as well. I have a, uh, an eight year old son. Okay. His name is Micah. Very gifted kid. Very smart. I, Sometimes I scratch my head and say, "Man, I'm the father of this kid. Like he, he is he's gifted and is and very gifted." And then I have a, a four year old daughter oh, wow. uh, named Mariah. Um, I love and, that name. Yeah, so Micah and Mariah. Uh, and after that, we didn't want any more children. Yeah. No more. Yeah, like I'm done. And like we were done. Like literally. So after we had our son, I thought that that we weren't having any more children. I thought me and my oh, really? wife had an agreement. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I was like, right, this is it. And yeah, so yeah. she was like, yeah, this is it. And then later on, she was like, oh, I want to try for one more. And I'm like, oh, wow. um, oh, okay. with who? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to be with this guy. But so we ended up uh, trying for one more. We, we were expecting our daughter. 
Having a daughter changes you. Man. Right? Man. Let me tell you, this is the introduction to having a daughter. So my wife was in labor with our daughter. We went to the hospital, and the doctor said, well, it's going to be a while before she actually starts the labor, but we can't let her go. So I spent the mm-hmm. night at the hospital with my do- with my wife. Um, and the next morning, I said, hey, I'm going to run back home, take a shower, get some things. And so she says, okay. So I get home. I get in a shower. I get out the shower, and I've got, like, 30 missed calls for my wife and a bunch of text messages. I'm in labor, and I'm like, oh, no. So she was in labor at in Downers Grove at Good Sam Hospital. So I get on the interstate, I get on the highway, and I'm embarrassed to say how fast I was going, but I was fuming. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, and so I have my hazard lights on, too. Like, <laughs> That's going to make a like, huge difference. Get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, get out of the way, people. And um, probably about five miles outside the hospital, I get pulled over. Yeah, and so the guy pulls me over, and he walks up to my windows and window, and he says, why are you going so fast? I said, sir, if you got to give me a ticket, give me one, but my wife is in labor. And he says, we're at, and I says, at Good Sam. And so the guy was nice enough. He gave me an escort to the hospital. Oh, that's amazing. But I said that to say this. This was only an introduction to having a daughter. Like, my yeah, daughter yeah. is so extra. <laughs> that's the best way I can describe her. <laughs> she is so extra. She yeah. is. She's a princess. She's a diva. That's My hilarious. son is so easy, but this girl, she's just extra. And that was really the only. That was the introduction to like her. Like she should have her own podcast. Kind oh of my goodness! Yeah. Podcast, YouTube channel. I don't know. Her own house is what she should that's have. Amazing. Yeah. So now, now in terms of being a father, but also you know a mentor and everything else. Uh, you know, one of the questions that. I think are really, really important and, and to teach others is forming po- you know, good relationships. Sure. What would you teach your kids, but also those that you mentor about forming good relationships in business, but also in life? Man, that's a great question. So one of the best things or one of the advice that I, the, I would give to my children in terms of forming a relationship in, um, in life is to always be yourself, always be authentic. Right. And so, in order to build a relationship, uh, people are attracted to who you are, not the version that you think that they want to see. And so in, in life, there are a ton of duplicates. There are a ton of people who are trying to be someone else that they're not. And so those individuals, they're not doing a service to the to, to no, the to the no, world. No. They're not. I mean, there's enough uh, and no shade to anyone who wants to be there, you know, a particular celebrity or look like someone or be someone. But there's no one on the planet like you. Amen. There is no one on the planet like you. So when the advice that I would give to my children in terms of those relationships in life is to be you. People are attracted to you. In business, I would tell them to be the best version of you. And it those those two things kind of go hand in hand because in in business, people are also attracted to who you are. How different are you than the next individual? What can you do that someone else can't do? And so going back to those gifts and those attributes and those talents that you have, if you suppress those and you don't, and you don't, um, you don't invest in those, then you'll never be the best version of you. And, and so I, to, in terms of business, it's just always investing in, in pulling out, pulling out the best version of you. Never get satisfied with being good. (laughs) Always strive to be great. Love it. Always love it. Great words to live by. Um, In terms of who you're trying to connect with, you know, who 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 would you want to connect with uh, that's watching? Howard Buffett. If you're watching, <laughs> no. <laughs> Howard Buffett? He's got the money. <laughs> no, um, man, in terms of real estate, I, I want to, 
I represent a ton, a vast variety of clients, man. Sure. And funny thing is when I started real estate, I thought that I was going to represent clients who were young, who kind of match who I was, you know, the millennial, the, all of that. But man, I just left a closing with someone who was in their eighties and, and they called me and said, Hey, we heard about you. We want you to be our realtor. It's great. And so, yeah, it is because I'm like, oh man, like I don't, how did you guys hear about me? I don't, you know. How did they hear about you? So they heard about me from their neighbor. Okay. And I don't know how their neighbor heard about oh, me, wow. to be honest with you. That's so, good. Yeah. Word's getting around. Yeah, it's getting, <laughs> it's getting around. And uh, I have no idea how their neighbor heard about me. But yeah, they called me. And um, so the people that I want to connect with is anyone who is desiring to have the best representation in real estate. Um, the it, 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 And here's the reason why. I believe that buying a home is one of the largest purchases you're going to make in your lifetime. Like hands down, it's one of the largest investments. So it's important to me that all of my clients have all of the data, all of the resources, all of the tools. That way they're they're making informed decisions. That way they don't move into a house and say, man, what did we just do? Like we have no, we were just told to sign some papers or do this. And you hear it all too often too. Yeah. Yeah, You get too excited and you know. Yeah. We don't know what just happened. So that who I will want to try to connect to is the clients who want that that best representation, who want to be um, advocated for, who want to be who would like to be educated. Um, and, you know, if and if you're just looking for a traditional, you know, realtor, I'm not that guy. Uh, and I'll tell people I'm, I'm not I'm not that guy. It, I'm just not. So that's great. I don't want to connect with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I appreciate you coming in, Rashawn. And what a great story. And, you know, I hope anyone watching that wants to connect with Rashawn, please you can, uh, click on the link below or just reach out to Rashawn directly. Yeah. But you know, thank you again and I uh, look forward to connecting soon. Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.